Get that, get that plate. Get that plate. Give it to Jeanette. You know what was really uncomfortable? Watching Jack take out the offering out in the dump parking lot with a big pole and a little bag on the end of it. Oh, I felt so Catholic. You know, I was like, oh. I got a picture, I got a video of him doing that, and it just made me creepy out, creeping out. I just like, no, no. Oh, aren't you glad we're not having church in the parking lot? You know, that's only good for those churches down in the, uh, the hot weather. They can't do that up here, you know. Brother Treber down in um, Santa Clara, they were going, oh, we've had parking lot church for quite a while here. Yeah, well, come on up here where it rains. I mean, you know it's supposed to rain tomorrow and the next day? Good gracious. They, you can't have parking lot church like that. Anyway, I'm glad we're not doing it, and we're not going to do it again either. I don't care what happens, this monkey pox thing coming. I don't care. It's like I'm not getting, I've, I've, I've already had the chicken pox. I'm not going to get the monkey pox. Oh, man, alive. Our country is just, they're so scared of getting sick, you know? Isn't it amazing? They they've relegated a sniffle to COVID or a, a little a little headache. Oh, you're sick. Oh, hey, listen. You know, a long time ago, uh, we when we were um, when we all got our first job. You know what the boss said? Don't call in sick. Crawl in sick. Yeah. I I don't think you ought to do that. But it, it, you know, I think we're a little bit delicate, don't you? I think we're very delicate, and we need to toughen up a little bit. All right, uh, tonight uh, I'm going to preach on the first commandment, but I want you to see something different, and I'm going to focus on a, a thought tonight that uh, I think is really beneficial to all of us. Um, God does care what we do, but that's not what he said when he gave us the first commandment. Let's go to uh, Exodus chapter 20, all the way to Exodus 20. And this is where God brought them up on the mountain, or Moses. And what he did was he, he gave commandments, ten commandments. All right? And so what he's going to do now, he's going to start giving the basic fundamentals of life under under God. Now, up until uh, Exodus 20, he didn't have a congregation much. But now he's got a people that he has brought out from the world, separating to himself. And now he's going to give the law to them. He knows them. He knows that they, they're not going to be just happy trusting him. But he, they're going to have a long, long life. This was thousands of years ago. Think of God looking into the future and giving the law to the Jewish people because this is, this is how he's going to communicate to all the world. You know, it's wrong in just about every country to murder somebody. And it's, it's wrong just about everywhere in the world to, to be a thief. So these basic things that God said, that, that's not man thinking, okay, we shouldn't kill each other. Or we shouldn't steal. This is in the psychological makeup of humanity because the news went out from Israel 
the Ten Commandments. It didn't accidentally start in America or some other foreign country. All the nations of the world have the law or various derivatives of the law if they're, if they're decent people. Some have no law at all. Now, when God gave the law to the Israelites, the very first commandment is what we're going to focus on tonight. What was that commandment? It, it, it wasn't that God wanted them to do something. The first commandment wasn't to do something. That's amazing, isn't it? The, the first commandment wasn't really that I don't want you to do something. The first commandment had to do with love. Out of all the things God could have told them to do, he told them to do nothing. Look at verse number 1, and then we're going to go to Mark chapter 12 because Jesus enhanced the details of this first commandment. In this first commandment, you won't see everything that Jesus said, but this commandment was there. Chapter 20, Exodus, verse number 1, And God spake all these words, saying, I am the Lord thy God, which have brought thee out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. That's, that's just an, a, a, an introduction. That's not, that's not the first commandment. Here's the first commandment. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. Now, that's one commandment. But in that commandment, you don't see in, in uh, Exodus all the details. Jesus gave those details. So let's go to Mark and find out what those details are. Because Jesus said this is the first commandment. So we go to Mark chapter number 12. Let's turn there quickly so we don't lose our train of thought here. Mark chapter 12. Now let's go down to verse 28 to 31. Jesus explains this first commandment, and I think it's important for you and I to look at it really seriously tonight. Uh, so, in verse 28 of chapter 12 of Mark, it says, And one of the scribes came, and having heard them reasoning together, and perceiving that he had answered them well, asked him, which is the first commandment of all? Uh, you can paraphrase that, too. He's asking, what's the most important commandment? What's the very top commandment? What's the most important thing that God wants us to do? He was a scribe. Do you realize what a scribe did? He did nothing at all except for handling the Scriptures. A scribe in the Bible times in Jesus' day they didn't have normal jobs. They did nothing but have custodianship of, of the scriptures. They had to copy the scriptures. They had to pass them out to different synagogues, and they couldn't be different. None of the, none of the scribes could make an error. These are not haphazard, well, yeah, that'll do. That's good enough there. It says what a, it kind of says what a God wanted. It kind of says what God meant. I'm sorry, you can't do that. If you're a scribe, you have to have exactly every little period and T and jot and tittle. You can't make a mistake. 
if they did make a mistake, they wouldn't be able to be a scribe anymore. The whole manuscript had to be tossed in the, in the trash, and they had to start all over again, and they had to test and, comp- and compare and test and compare, and they were absolutely obsessed. They were absolutely obsessed with every single detail of Scripture. They're not, they're not just saying, like, they don't handle the Word of God like we do. As Americans, we say, oh, yeah, that's a good version. Oh, that's pretty good, too. Oh, I like how that's said. Oh, I like how that's said. Oh, that's put in a nice way. And, oh, you know, I think it should be dumbed down a little bit so little kids could understand. And I think, oh, I think we ought to have a whole special Bible just for uh, 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 wicked people. And if you if you have if you have a uh, if you have an addict, I think you ought to have a Bible just for that addiction and a Bible just for this problem in your life. I think if you're getting out of prison, you ought to have a Bible just for prisoners. And you know that's what's going on in America now. Oh, you got to change the Word of God to fit the lifestyle of every nook and cranny in America. But that's not what God did. Those scribes were very serious. You know what they wanted to know? Give us that, what do you say the first commandment of all is? Now, Jesus answered that. Look at this now in verse 29. And Jesus answered him. Here it is. The first of all the commandments is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord, and thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, And with all thy soul, with all thy mind, uh, your your meditation should be on the Lord. You should love him with your meditation. Love him with your soul. Love him with all your heart and with all thy strength. This is the first commandment. You go back to Exodus and you don't see that, do you? It just said, thou shalt have no other gods before me. But Jesus took the Old Testament, and he unfolded what in the Old Testament was infolded. He unfolded and explained, and this is all wrapped up in Exodus chapter 20, verse 3. It's all right there, and it's inherent in the fact that if you have another God, then your heart is not, you don't love God. So, Think about this now. Here's the point I want to make. Out of all the commandments God could have given man to guide him through this jungle of sin, this horrible thing called life with all of its pitfalls and all of its uh, problems, um, God covered all the law in one command. He covered his whole entire Ten Commandments in one command. Because later we find out that that one command is what hangs all the other entire body of law. I liken it to a string of pearls, a beautiful, costly string of pearls, hundreds of pearls. But on the top, it's hanging by just one pearl. Uh, Let's say it's a bigger pearl. So if you break... One pearl, if you take one pearl off that necklace, all of them drop off. It's a string of pearls, but it's held and hung by the one command that covers all of them. Think about this. 
If you love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, are you going to steal? No. See how this works? Are you going to are you going to treat your neighbor wrong? No. Are you going to commit adultery? No. All the things that God wants us to do is wrapped up in that first commandment. But look what he said. He the very first commandment was thou shalt love. I'm glad he didn't say thou shalt do, but he said thou shalt love. Think about the important thing to God is what you love. There's different types of love. Is that right? Uh, he, he explains how different types of love are in the commandment. You can love God. Uh, there's, there's, there's physical love. That's why he said love God with all your strength. There's, there's men, mental love, I believe. There's, um, how, many, how many love good music? That would be, that would, uh, be a spiritual kind of love, wouldn't it? And there's more important kinds of love. There's there's lesser loves. I love popsicle. And in the summer, I just am a popsicle fanatic. Uh, I love good food. I love good music. I love good men. I love good righteousness. I love good uh, There's all kinds of, and it's okay to do that. But God says, I don't want you to love anything in this world more than me. So there are depths of love. Um, I love my sisters in Christ, but I love my wife. So there's different types and degrees and depths of love. And there's nothing wrong with thinking about uh, different different ways of, of, of love. And the Bible mentions many different kinds of love. There is a, uh, a deep love of the brotherhood. You can love your brother. Um, I love my brother. See, that's, that's, I love my neighbor, see. But I, I don't love my neighbor, and I love my brothers, and I don't love myself like I love God. So the first commandment, God said, I want you to love me. That's all he wants. Do you realize no matter what God wants you to do, if you love him first and foremost and fervently, he can do anything with you. That's the whole key. Tell me, what was it about David that made him such a success as a king, as a prophet, as a preacher, as, 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 as a battle-hardened general? What was it, what made David have such an ability to write down 150 songs and play the harp? And ha I'll tell you, it was because he loved God. And that's what gave him the opportunity and the success, and that's what will give you and I the same uh, success. Straight to the heart, God. He went straight for the heart. Let's go to verse number 31. So the first commandment is described as heart, soul, mind, and strength. Then 31 says, and the second is like, namely this, uh, thou shalt love. Again, love is the key. Love thy neighbor as thyself. There is none other commandment greater than these. He wraps up the whole command, loving God, and it's inherent that you would love your neighbor. But all the other commandments that God ever gave all point to the fact that you should love God with all your heart. There's nothing in the law that, that tells us that we should have some other kind of 
law, uh, law, law keeping, some other love. No, the whole body of law. Do you realize no matter what our laws say, if they're good laws, and there are some bad ones, but the law uh, was designed to bring us to Christ Jesus. It's, in, it's important to realize, why did God give us so many laws? To bring us and to push us, to lead us, to nudge us toward God. You realize, I don't care if it's a speed limit sign out there, the end result of the law is that you'd love God. It's to, to whether it's finances, you got to you pay taxes. I don't care what laws it is. You know, thou shalt not steal. All the laws that are are biblical laws are are made so that you could love God. Now you can bypass all this. You know, I don't uh, I don't have a problem with the law. And I think one of the reasons is because I love God. He, he's, he's kept me from a lot of problems just because I love him. If you love God, you're not going to steal. If you love God, you're not going to be. I, I, I want you to know something. You're probably not going to have um, a bad marriage. You're probably not going to have trouble stealing. You're probably not going to murder somebody if you love God. But if you do those things, it's an indication that you have a problem with loving God. All these people that get caught in felonies or in prison, what's their real problem? Their problem is their relationship with God. And until somebody gets to them and says, listen, your problem is not your mom, your problem's not your dad, your problem's not society, your problem's not your income, your problem's not your physical disability, your problem's not your emotion, your problem is your personal love for God. That's hard preaching. Oh, listen, people would hate my soul for saying that but it's true you know there was a, a book uh, we had to study it was it was pretty interesting um, and in fact he was a psychologist named Jay Adams a long time ago he did a study he went into the um, asylums where the criminally insane and some of the other people that have uh, been locked up and and uh, he he counseled them not, not in uh, regular uh, ways that uh, the industry itself would counsel, but what he did was he went straight to the heart and he said, you know, I want, to, I want you to know you're a sinner and you've sinned against God and you've broken his commandments and he loves you and he wants you to be saved. He, he counseled that way and he had great success until they found out what he was doing. But, you know, that's not allowed today. You can't go preaching the gospel. You can't do that. Not, not, yeah, they, they will not. The institutional uh, education system, the government system, uh, any, anything public, they're not going to let you go too far. You know what we did one time? Uh, we had a ministry, and we went down to the uh, juvenile detention center, downtown Jacksonville. And uh, for a while there, the door was wide open. We took a team of college students every Saturday night. We went down to the uh, extreme high, what do you call it, um, maximum security. Um, so these teenagers in there from age 11 and 12 and 13, they had done despicable crimes. They, were, they, had, they had committed rape. They had robbed banks. 
I talked to an 11-year-old boy, and I said, hey, pal, what, what are you in here for? What did you do? And he just looked at me and said, Grand Theft Auto. I looked, I was like, whoa. This young man is destined to a hard life. The way he told me Grand Theft Auto. Like, what? Really? You're going to talk to me like that? You just say Grand Theft Auto? He, he was in the system. But they were rough. Every Saturday night, we had about 50 kids. They'd all come in in their jumpsuits. They had orange. I think the boys had to wear blue, and I think the girls, I don't know, there were different colors for different genders, uh, but there were only two colors. And, and so, anyway, all, all, all the guys sat on one side, all the gals sat on the other side. And you know what they let us do every Saturday night? We sang. We brought college students in. We'd sing quartets. They'd play instruments, and we'd have preaching. I mean, we, they let us preach for about a half an hour. It gave them all a rest, you know, all the workers. It was Saturday night chapel in a maximum security juvenile detention center. And it was fantastic in one year. We had over 400 kids saved. Do the math. 52 weeks into 400, what's that? What is that? 20? 20, 20 a week? Let's see. No, that's, uh, yeah, that's about, that's about 20 a week, right? Somebody do that quick. Anyway, 52 weeks into 400. I'm waiting. Four hundred uh, Over 400 saved in 52 weeks. Only eight? Oh. I was talking about a, you know, evangelistically speaking. Yeah. I was thinking, oh, that's a lot of people. We had some nights where there were more, some less. But that's an average of eight souls got saved. Now, we didn't just say, okay, everybody, if you want Jesus, say yes. Okay, goodbye. No, uh, we, we, we had them come forward and all the workers got to take each teenager one-on-one -on -one and witness to them and have them pray and give them a Bible. Guess what happened? The state or the city of, of Jacksonville and the state, they got together and they didn't like that after a while. Something came down. Satan got a hold of that. And one night we were there and the lady came in. She says, I'm the new director of the detention center, and we're going to have a brand new system. I said, what does that mean? I was the leader of the, of the ministry, and I said, what, what are you telling us? She said, well, you can't come here every Saturday night anymore. We're not going to do this anymore. We got a rotation now. You can come once a month, but you have to get in line. You can't have special treatment like this. Broke our hearts. All, we were all in tears. Because we had so much fruit. We were, we were winning so many people to the Lord. And all of a sudden, in one night, we were off the list, back at the end of the line, and I could tell you what was happening. Some, some liberal person got a hold of that that didn't like what we were doing. 
they they didn't like it. We were having people come forward. We were dealing with them and giving them Bibles and all that. They didn't want that anymore. And that's that's really what's going on in America. They're they're kicking God out of our country. But that's 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 not going to do well. We're we're going to have to get to where our hearts are where our hearts should be. The entire list, the entire body of law hang on that one pearl. Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, soul, mind, and strength. It's not it's not easy, but it is simple. With all your heart, all of your soul, all of your mind, and all of your strength. The other nine commandments. Think about this again before we close tonight. If a person has other gods, if a person has graven images, if a person does take the name of the Lord in vain, if a person breaks the Sabbath, dishonors his father and mother, uh, murders, commits adultery, steals, covets, all those other commandments, if a person does those things, what's his real problem? It's that first commandment, isn't it? Because all those other commandments hang on that one. You know, if we just learned how to love God, we'd do much better in every area of our life. If I love God the way I'm supposed to, I'm going to be able to love my family and my church and my community, and, and I'll even love myself the way I'm supposed to. I'm going to be able to love my neighbor. But if I have a problem loving him, I have a problem loving everything that I'm supposed to love. If a person commits these sins, um, he's already broken the first commandment. Now, God is jealous. Don't think that this is not a big deal. Can you imagine how you might feel, you that are married, or you that have a girlfriend or a boyfriend, or you didn't want one? If you have a, a wonderful relationship going with a person and some outside uh, attraction breaks that communication, breaks that seal and that bond of your relationship, how would you feel? Now, the Bible says pastors are not supposed to be striking. And and I've never had this happen, but what if some what if some good-looking handsome guy uh, started kind of flirting with my wife? Now, I she would never let that happen. But what if he tried and he wouldn't give up? You know, I I, I can't I'm not allowed I'm not allowed to strike people. I can't do that. You know, but but can you imagine how I would feel? I would pay somebody. No, I I can't. You see, but but I I'm I'm jealous. I'm jealous. I've never had to practice how jealous I really am. I I don't get jealous over dumb things. If somebody doesn't invite me to a, a, an event, I don't get jealous. I don't sit and go home and cry about it. My mom and dad told me, don't ever be upset if you don't get invited to something that's exciting. They said, don't worry about it. Just don't worry about it. If you don't get invited, so what? Just don't worry about it. And I've practiced that. I really have. I don't care what I'm invited to. I don't care what I'm not invited to. I don't get jealous over stuff like that. You know, but 
But man, some guy's got some really nice tools. Why do they get them? That's wrong. Some guys drive really nice trucks. Now, listen, you've got to be careful what you get jealous about. God's jealous over your heart. He gets really jealous. If you give your heart to something that's wrong, he gets really jealous. I'm telling you, he is really, really, really jealous. You say, oh, people shouldn't be jealous. God is jealous. He is very jealous. Why? Why, he died for you and I. He shed his blood for you and I. He did every. He spent everything on you. And can you imagine you and I having this fickle little heart? Like, oh, well, maybe there's something to Buddha. They, he can't be all that bad. There's so many cookie jars that look just like him. He must be a good guy. That's where you store all the chocolate chip cookies in Buddha. I don't know what, I don't know what, you know, but, 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 but temptation comes to where your heart gets pulled away by different things. Um, look at Deuteronomy 4. I, I want to just give you a couple of, no, no, just one verse here. Look at Deuteronomy, please, and look at chapter 4, verse number 24. Chapter 4, verse 24. Now, God doesn't want your heart swayed away to other things. All right? Take heed unto yourselves, lest you forget the covenant of the Lord your God, which he made with you. And make you graven, uh, make you a graven image, or the likeness of anything, which the Lord thy God has forbidden thee, for the Lord thy God is a consuming fire, even a jealous God, even a jealous God. God is jealous. He looks at you and he, how, how come you, how come you're going after that? How come you love that? How, how come, how come? What are you doing with the old horoscope? That's ridiculous. What, God, after all I've done, what, what am I, chopped liver? What in the world are you doing? It's me. I, you don't have another God. And after a while, Israel made him angry. You know what he did? He judged them. I mean, he literally brought a hammer down. And Israel is only a picture of what would happen if you and I if our hearts were to sway away from God. We're supposed to love God with everything. I myself, I myself am a human being, and I am a sinner, and I have things in my life that sometimes I want to do that I think is so important. And you know what? Pretty soon the Bible is just, uh, squeezed out of out of your day, and pretty soon prayer is squeezed out. Your your daily fellowship with the Lord is just it. Where did that go? Oh, listen. How many have ever been too stinking busy? Too busy. Have you been carried away with it before? I have. Like, uh oh. There's been times when a couple days went by 
I don't even read the Bible. You, you can't, we can't do that. We have, to, we have to say, okay, what's the most important thing in my life? So within a proper uh, godly guideline, we are, we are commanded to love other things too, but not before the Lord. So are we supposed to love our neighbor? Yes. Are we supposed to love our spouse? If you have one, yes. Are we supposed to love our children? Of course. You know what the Bible says in Titus 1.8? I won't go there because I don't have much time left, but it says, a lover of hospitality and good men. Pastors are supposed to be lovers of hospitality. I'm supposed to love hospitality. I'm supposed to love strangers. Deuteronomy chapter 10, verse 18 tells us to love the stranger. And then Psalm 119, verse 140 tells us to love the word of God. I love thy word. Let's turn there. I love that. Uh, we, we have time. Psalm 119 and verse number 140. Watch what, watch what the Bible says here. This is fascinating. David, of course, loved the Lord. He was a great man of God. He was a great man of God all the way down to the end of his breath. Uh, and Psalm 119, 140 says this. Um, it says, thy, thy word is very pure. Therefore, thy servant loveth it. I like it. Don't you love the way he put that? Thy servant loveth it. I loveth it. I just loveth that. I loveth it. Right? Do you loveth it? You gotta loveth it. You gotta love that. You gotta loveth that. I'm not Daffy Duck. I'm reading the Bible. You gotta loveth it. All right. Right? Amen. Love the word, love strangers, love hospitality, love good men, love righteousness, love our children, love our spouses, love our neighbor. But where's all this love come from? Hmm. That's a good question, isn't it? It has to come from God. You have to have the love of God in you to even love God back. Before I got saved, I did not love God. But after he saved me, he put within me the ability to love him. I feel sorry for unbelievers. They can't even keep the first commandment. They're breaking all of them. But you know what you did when you got saved? You accepted the love of God in your heart, and now you can love him back. That's all he wants. That's all he wants. He'll take care of all the rest. But just love God, keep his commandments. Let's hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Love God and keep his commandments. This is the whole duty of man. Let's bow our heads for prayer. Oh, I want to love God more and more and more as I see the day approaching.